All right, turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. I want to read just a couple of verses to get us started this morning. You know, it's interesting to me that we have more helps in Christian literature today for the family than what the church has ever had. We have more commentaries, more books about commentaries, more books about different subjects like raising children, husband and wife relationship. We have more than the church of Jesus Christ has ever had in over 2,000 years. And our homes are in a bigger mess than what they've ever been. Now, I don't, I don't blame that necessarily on those books. However, unfortunately, too many times there's so much worldliness in a number of those books that this is not a cake recipe. This is not a cake recipe where you take man's thoughts and God's thoughts and put them in one big bowl and then stir them up and take out what you want. It's not how this thing works. There is one source of truth, and that is the Word of God, which is why we've been having these lessons on the Word of God. And they've got a number of families in the Bible that are mentioned. Now, in Joshua chapter 24, we're going to be talking a little bit about, about Joshua's family, but we really only have one verse on Joshua's family. We're going to read two verses. Uh, perhaps there's some influence that's involved here. But I do believe there are family lessons for us just in the life of Joshua himself. He is one of my biblical heroes here. Notice in verse 15 where the scripture says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, if you look over at verse 31, the Bible says in verse 31 of this chapter, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Let's talk about Joshua's home today. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I beg you this morning, Lord, for clarity of thought. We do pray for our brother Vince. Pray that your hand to be upon the doctors and nurses as they minister to him at this time. Be with uh, Elaine, we pray. Uh, please, Lord, meet every need there. Lord, I do pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit that as I preach some truths that go home to hearts, Lord, may we have Bible Christian homes. We want to see you do a work. I, I, and Lord, I, I don't blame all the problems in homes today on mom and dad. I know that's common. A lot of people do that when every one of these young people can make a decision for God or against God, no matter how good or bad their Christian home was. Lord, I look at my home that I was brought up in. My mom and dad didn't know God. and It was a home of drinking and cursing. But I'm not a drinker or a curser, and thank God I've known you now for over 50 years because somebody presented the gospel, and I chose correctly. But Lord, you have your way now in our hearts, and Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. We really don't have a reference or a mention in this passage on who his children were. There is no mention as to how many children he had even. We just have this statement of dedication that he makes. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's no mention as to whether or not they ever did anything except just be godly. And there's really not even the mention that they did that. There's no mention. But that's different than Samuel. You remember Samuel was basically brought up at Eli, the high priest's house. And of course, Eli's sorry sons were so wicked, but Samuel didn't go that way. Samuel made a decision for God. Unfortunately, though, Samuel's own children didn't live for God, which is why they wanted a king when Samuel got to his old age. We have much that we know about Joshua, though. Joshua was the second in command to Moses. Now, you read the scripture, and you see that some of the pressures were so great at times in the life of Moses, but Moses never did get to lead them into the promised land. That was left up to Joshua. His number two in command for 40 years. He was one of the spies of one of the 12 that had gone in to search out the land. And only he and Caleb stood for God. They saw the land was everything that God said it was. The other 10 spies also saw the land was everything God said it was. But they issued a report that went farther than that. The people are giants. We can't beat them. We're grasshoppers in their sight. We better not go in. But that wasn't Joshua and Caleb. They stood for the Lord. Listen, the fact that the land is everything God said it was, that ought to be enough to us to take it like God said we would take it. And as a result, though, their entrance into the Holy Land was delayed 40 years. Those other spies all died off. All the generation, 20 years old and up, they had to all die off. But not Joshua and Caleb. They were able to go in. In older age, he remained faithful to the Lord. And evidently, his life had been such that it didn't just affect his house, but it also affected all the people that were around him in his day. But a generation later, there arose a generation, the Bible tells us in the book of Judges, that knew not God. That lets me know this. Every generation is responsible for its own generation. Every generation... We need to live for God. We need to live uh, live sold out for God. And we're responsible for this generation. When I'm dead and gone, what other people do, that's on them. But while I'm here, what I do, that's on me, and I better do right. There's no dirt on Joshua here, and that's refreshing. There's no failure in the family. So what does that tell us? Let me give you something. Every one of you with a family, you you need to get some of these truths. You say, well, my family's grown. Well, maybe you'll get some truths that you can share with your family that are younger because these truths are eternal. I believe the truths of the Word of God still work today for every home. I'm not interested in the psychologist. I've read some of the psychologist's books, and a lot of it's a bunch of nonsense. It may sound good, but you know, there's an awful lot of psychology today that unfortunately sounds good to people simply because they've allowed their minds to be perverted both by the culture and also by the so-called experts of the day. First point is this about Joshua, a person can serve the Lord and lead his family. I don't know, we got this idea that if you serve the Lord, you got to sacrifice your family, but that's not true. Joshua 
wasn't that way. I believe you can serve the Lord and you can lead your family. Uh, and some people have this idea that to serve the Lord is to sacrifice your family. It doesn't have to be that way. To serve the Lord is always the right thing to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't have to sacrifice some time with your family. There are times you ought to sacrifice some time with your family. There are times you have to give up some of the things that you'd like to do for simply serving the Lord. Uh, But that's true about a number of things in life. Even in living in a country, you find that you have certain responsibilities to your community. How much more your responsibilities to the Lord? He's the one who not only created us, but he put his son on the cross of Calvary to die in our place to pay our sin debt so we who are sinners deserving of hell could go to heaven. God did all that for us. And the Bible says, Paul writes in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You can still lead your home. Joshua is a good example of the requirement, for instance, of a pastor ruling his own house. I mean, he makes a statement for his own house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, that's important, especially today, because there's a lot of people, oh, I don't want to push my religion off of my children. Well, then you don't have much. I wouldn't be talking about my religion if I didn't think it was good enough for my children to get to. When God saved me, he changed my life completely and saved my wife just a couple weeks after I got saved. Thank God he saved us. We were expecting our first child. And my desire from that point on has been that my children live for God. Bible says of Abraham, God speaks of Abraham in Genesis 18, 19. He says, for I know him, speaking of Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Now, to be sure, Lot ended up going out on his own and pitched his tent towards Sodom. And boy, did he create a mess out of his family. Look how they turned out. Because he decided to pitch his tent toward the world. And see, the truth is, while they're at home, I decide what's done. When they're gone from home, they decide. They can decide rightly or they can decide wrongly. But my responsibility and the responsibility of every child of God is to see to it that whosoever in the home is to walk like a child of God with the Lord, bringing honor and glory to his name. But you say, what about when they get out of the house? That's on them after that. You remember Jehoiada was the priest who saved the life of Joash who became, as a child, the king of Israel. Remember, his grandma, Athaliah, tried to have him killed. And Joash, as long as Jehoiada was around, Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But when the priest passed off the scene, and we find that Joash ended up turning to do that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, that wasn't the priest's fault. It always amazes me, somebody in the church goes out and does something wrong, and everybody else wants to blame the whole church, or blame the pastor, blame the teaching that they got. And none of those things are true. They decided to do evil. They knew better, they did it, and they're responsible for exactly what they did. 
I'm just simply saying this morning that you can raise a godly family by, and still live for the Lord and still serve Him. We are here to bring honor and glory to His name. Let me give you a second thing. A man's commitment should not be lessened by others. Now, in chapter 24, also going back to chapter 23, Joshua gives the children of Israel a little history of themselves and what God had done since the time of Abraham to bring them about to where they were now, about ready to take over the promised land. Now, to me, this verse 15 has always been absolutely amazing. For he says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. What an amazing statement. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. I mean, I think probably some people in the church would be a little offended if I started out speaking today and said, well, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Well, what do you think we are? You think we don't love God? You think there's something wrong with us? I mean, what do you mean if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord? And yet Joshua knew exactly what he was talking about because when he passed off the scene, guess what they did? Evil in the sight of the Lord. What a horrible thing. And yet the truth is there are a lot of people who put the fun of today, the fun of all the gadgets that we have today, the, the narcissistic social media that's out there that has just grabbed young people to where they think they're the most important people in the world, that it's about them. It's not about God we live in a day like that, so people are thinking, well, I need to get this out of life. I need to get that out of life. Well, what should God get out of your life? He bought you. He paid for you. You belong to him. The Bible says, what, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. But we belong to him. He paid for us at Calvary. Without him, we'd all be on our way to hell. Whatever stand you take for God, others will try to get you down to their level. And Joshua says, hey, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You see, you can't blame a preacher or some deacons or church members that you don't think measure up You can't blame them for your worldliness. You should make up your mind to serve the Lord no matter what other people do. Several years ago when I was pastoring in Manchester, Tennessee, there was a young preacher who was pastoring, oh, probably about 15 miles north of Manchester. And he came to see me one day. And he said, "Uh, Brother Alice, he said, "I, I, I don't know what to do, man. He says, I've been preaching to these people. Can't get anybody to give up anything they ought to give up. Can't get them to get dedicated to service. I have to do everything at that church. I am so frustrated. I said, well, just go to prayer. Go to prayer, seek God, call out their names before the Lord, and stay faithful in preaching the Word of God. A month later, a month later, word came back to me. The young preacher had quit and wasn't even attending church now. And what he didn't know, he was exactly like the people he was complaining about. Whether or not other people serve the Lord, I made up my mind a long time ago, I'm going to serve God. I've had the privilege of being able to pastor a bunch of people who also want to serve God. I consider myself a spoiled preacher compared to what a lot of other pastors have. 
As a matter of fact, just the way I preach. Some people would be run out of town on a rail if they preach like I preach in their church. I, I get that. I'm a spoiled preacher. I understand that. But if the whole church decided to go wrong tomorrow, I'm still going to do right. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, don't get upset with me, but I made some decisions early on. Like I said, we had just gotten saved, and uh, we were expecting our daughter, first daughter, Kathy. And she was born about uh, two and a half months after we got saved. Now, we got her in church right away. As a matter of fact, uh, Kathy was born on a Thursday, and she was in church that Sunday. Now, we are brand-new Christians. We had made up our mind. We're just going to be faithful to the Lord. And we started coming. We were there Sunday nights and Sunday morning, and we were there in the midweek service. And I wasn't long. I was helping out in the bus ministry for a while, started going out to soul winning. Uh, I mean, just serve the Lord, just doing the things that we ought to. We didn't know much. But the pastor made a statement from the pulpit, we need to be doing this or we need to be doing that. I figured he'd been Christian a lot longer than I had. He knew what we ought to be doing, so we just did it. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate the help. And we made some decisions about our home as we grew in the Lord and we listened to good Bible preaching and so on. We made some decisions about our daughters. We decided that they were going to dress like girls. They weren't going to dress like boys. We were going to teach them to act like young ladies. Now, we were going to do that and that, man. Now, don't get mad at me about this. But, hey, I understand if some people don't get it. I, I get this. But we decided that the only baby dolls that they could have were baby dolls. No Barbie. No Ken, little baby girls, no business dressing and undressing a, a man, no business doing that. And no business undressing somebody that looks the full face. They need to baby dolls. Little girls love baby dolls. So we even told grandma and grandpa, don't get them, don't get them Barbie dolls. You want to give them something for Christmas, you can't give them Barbie dolls. We made decisions and said we're going to dress like girls. And we said, don't, don't send pants. They're not going to wear pants. And guess what grandma and grandpa did? Send them a Barbie doll and pants. <laughs> guess what we did? Because my wife always checked the presents ahead of time. Uh, she just boxed them back up, sent them back to grandma and grandpa. Said, now, if you want them to have something from you for Christmas, then get them what we told you you could get them. As for me and my house, I decide what goes on in my house. Grandma and grandpa didn't decide. Mom and Dad, you decide what goes on in your house. If you're going to let Grandma and Grandpa run your house, that's one thing. But I wasn't letting Grandma and Grandpa. They weren't even saved. Grandma and Grandpa wasn't going to run our home. Now, I came from, like I said, smoking and drinking. We didn't allow smoking in our home. I wasn't going to have to smell that stink three weeks after they were there. We just made up our mind. We're just going to do right. We're, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, Preacher, you went nuts. Maybe I did, but I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Everybody else ends up getting bothered. I have a good time. Yes, we were not mocked. <laughs> we were mocked by some family members. Right. Uh, we were even knocked by some church members. Oh, who weren't as committed, but I made up my mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We just stuck by it. Now, that's been almost 50 years. 
50 years. I'm not sad about that. I thank God for it. Man, we loved our kids. We loved our family. Uh, we loved our church. We loved our pastor. We thank God for the privilege and opportunity to serve a God who would care enough about us to go to the cross of Calvary and die for us. Now at NBC, I've, like I said, really been blessed. We have a lot of people who follow what, uh, what they stand for. But it makes no difference if nobody else wanted to live for God. I've already hooked my wagon to his star. That's just all there is to it. And we're going to stay faithful to him no matter what. As for me and my house, if I had to stop preaching tomorrow, I'm still just going to serve the Lord. I'm still going to be faithful to God. I believe in being in every service that I can be in. See, these standards are not just good because of my vocation. They're good because they're biblical. And I made a decision that God's word was final. Then there's accomplishments. Do not have to change commitment or ruin your family. I'd say Joshua had a pretty successful ministry, took over the promised land. I mean, yes, there were some victories. There were some defeats in it. And by the way, in your Christian life, even in serving the Lord, there's going to be some very trying times and some very difficult times. And sometimes you'll have to say, I'm sorry because, well, you know, you wanted to do right, but you made a wrong decision. And when you own it, you own it. And you ask forgiveness and thank God he forgives. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know that there, that there should be a family commitment to God like there was with Joshua. Uh, and by the way, your kids may not be leaders. We don't know that Joshua's family were leaders. But we don't have any record like we do with Eli's children or with uh, Samuel's children that they had gone astray. There were a number of kings, by the way, in Judah that did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But their kids didn't turn out right. And it wasn't always mom and dad's fault. They made a decision to do wrong. You can only control them for just so long. Uh, what about Gideon's child? Gideon's child, the one who took over the reign, ended up destroying the others. Jehoshaphat's son, Jehoram, killed all of his brothers. And Jehoshaphat was a good king, did that which is right in the sight of the Lord. There's a strange thought that if I have served the Lord a certain number of years or accomplished so many things that I don't have to hold the line as much. I remember we had, we had taken a number of trips out west to Navajo land to be uh, with a couple of missionary families that we knew out there. And uh, the missionary had been there for a number of years. And he said to me, Pastor, uh, you know, it's amazing how many preachers who from their pulpit preach like we preach. And he says, but when they come out there, they're dressed like everybody else in the world is dressed. Well, it shouldn't be that way. This Christianity thing is seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We're to love God. We're to do right. We're to live for Him. We're to serve Him. And that shouldn't change. On the part of children too many times, instead of gaining the same commitment to the Savior, they think that they don't need to obey Him as much. After all, they've seen Christians who weren't faithful. That Try to teach our kids. That shouldn't change anything. We'll be faithful. Somebody's got to be faithful, so somebody else has an example. Someone's got to be faithful. It's almost like their years of service excuse them. Other things become more important. 
I look at somebody like King Uzziah. You remember good King Uzziah? 52 years. Imagine being under the same national leader for 52 years. And he was a good guy. Bible says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But after 52 years of being a good king, 52 years of making great decisions, we find him thinking that somehow he was good enough, he could go into the priest's office and do the sacrifices that only the priests were allowed to do under God's economy. And so God struck Uzziah with leprosy. And he died a leper in shame. Oh, listen, we still need to know our place. No matter how godly you live, that does not give you the right to do things God doesn't let you do in the Scripture. You still should do right. I remember one of the best friends I had in the ministry was a man by the name of Clinton Bryant. What a good guy. What a good preacher. As a matter of fact, early on at Madison Baptist Church, I had Brother Bryant come in. He pastored up in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Uh, he had been a deacon who had surrendered to preach. He's pastored pastor up there for a number of years. And man, he was a right down the line Bible preacher. And he preached it straight. He preached it hard. And, uh, you know, some people get kind of crossways at that from time to time. And that happened with him. He took a tough, tough stand, but he stuck to it. He didn't waver. Matter of fact, went through a couple of church splits where people just got upset with him because he just preached it straight down the road. Died at 69, still holding on to just simply standing for the truth. Uh, You know, it's not about building a big church. It's about being faithful to God's word. That's what it's about. Just being faithful to God's word. It'd be easy to say, well, I fought the battle long enough. Let me relax a little bit. Our relaxing days are coming. It's not here. So when we get to glory. And then that's our rest. And we'll get to see him face to face. I'd personally like to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But if we're not faithful, it's not going to be good either. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, when he is admonishing Timothy... In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I charge thee therefore before God the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. You understand that the natural nature of the flesh would lead mankind away from God. But we're to walk in the Spirit, not the flesh. And walking in the Spirit will stay true to the Word of God. So his stand was true to his life. His stand affected others while he was alive. For that last verse that we read, verse 31, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua... And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. They may have gone astray after he died, but those that he had impacted, they stayed straight, and that kept everybody else straight for a while. In the ministry, I personally believe that one of the preacher's greatest goals is to have people serve the Lord faithfully till they die. It's one of my goals. I just want people to serve the Lord. 
be faithful to God till they die. Now, to see their lives change for good. Now, I realize pastors leave churches all the time and they leave. And immediately, no matter how much they claim to love their pastor, no matter how much they did, as soon as the pastor's out of the way, they go back to the same old worldly things that they did before the pastor ever came. And my feeling about that is this. At least they did right for a while. At least they did right for a while. Well, that would have been better if they'd never done right. No, no, no. Then their whole life would have been wasted. At least they did right for a while. Being faithful to the Lord. There are people here that when or if Brother Allison leaves, and I will leave one way or another, they'll go right back to the things they did before. And we will praise the Lord for the time they're right with, the, with God. Hebrews 13, 17, we praise God for those who obey for a while. At least thou know, whether they like it or not, at least thou know that Brother Allison stuck by the truth. I like it when I hear somebody say, when they come back after moving away for a while, they come back for a visit, and they say, my, you guys haven't changed a bit. You're preaching the same thing that you were preaching 40 years ago. Well, hey, hallelujah, Bible didn't change. Bible's still the same. When God changes his book, we'll change. Don't think that's going to happen. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Now, it does hurt to see some people who don't even go faithfully to the church now that at one time were active in ministry, that you could count on, you could see them. And it hurts to see those led astray that got their doctrine from the Internet. I'd say right now some of the biggest dangers we have in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is people have absolutely no discernment about what they listen to on the Internet and what they get into and what they send out on their social media page. They'll take a quote that sounds really good to them and it really encourages their heart, stated by some heretic that preaches a false gospel, and they'll send that quote out like this guy is so brilliant spiritually, when he probably meant something even totally different by the quote that he gave. Last thing we want to be doing is praising people that are heretics. That's people who preach another gospel. Now, does this mean Joshua was a horrible leader? Not at all. I'm only responsible for the time I'm here. Yeah, Israel went astray, and churches go astray. Matter of fact, there are a few of us who, when we attended Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that was one of the bastions of fundamental, soul-winning, Bible-believing churches. And today, it doesn't even exist. It's gone. What happened? They got away from the Scripture. They wanted people to be happier with them. Some of the preachers did. Going to ease up on some things. We're not going to stand so firm. Now, the temptation will always be there. Joshua affected some lives while he was around. At least he kept them straight for a while. I don't know if Brother Wally remembers this or not, but when he was youth pastor, I mean, that was 20 years ago, 15 years ago. It's been a while. Uh, he, he passed out a survey to the teenagers, Madison Baptist Church. And I would say probably all those teenagers that he gave this thing to are now grown and no longer in the youth ministry that Brother Ross has at all. But uh, he put down this statement. This is just part of it now. 
The Bible is the word of God. And the question was completely, mostly, so on. They could choose one or the other. And the great majority of of them said uh, that it was the word of God completely. But then he asked another question. And the question was this. So my commitment is to live by the Bible. And then here were the choices. Completely, somewhat, never. Now I want you to get this. The great majority of them said that the Bible is the word of God completely. But when it came to answering the question, my commitment is to live by the Bible, nobody circled completely. Now, I'm not talking about down at the Methodist church now. I'm not talking about the church of God. I'm not talking about the church of the Nazarene or just... Name any denomination you want to name. I'm not picking on them. I'm talking about Madison Baptist Church, not one. I mean, it's amazing to me that you could say, yes, the Bible is the word of God completely. We believe it's all true. Well, then I'm going to live by it part of the time. Have we become so disconnected? Have we become so influenced by society that somehow the thought of walking with God, living for him completely is abhorrent? But wait, that's as old as Joshua 24, 15. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Now, I know some homes that they've waited on their children to make some progress. Well, waiting only keeps them in the world that much longer. I wouldn't be waiting for that. We're called to lead our children. But first, we have to have a commitment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And before you can make that commitment, you have to make a commitment for Jesus Christ. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Not being brought up in church. My wife was not brought up in church. Not being brought up hearing preaching every Sunday or any Sunday for that matter. For us to come to the place to make a decision to get saved, we didn't know anything about after you get saved. We trusted Christ as Savior. And as we heard the preaching of the Word of God, we began making decisions in our life because we wanted the God who saved us to be pleased with our walk. Finally, one day, I don't know when I first heard this verse preached on, we made that decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to turn, and we'll close with this, turn over to Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is a testimony of decisions made by the children of Israel that continually got them in problems. Never should have happened. I just want you to notice the first 11 verses here. He says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. 
I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Now, did you get that? Testimony that he established, that we not only are to live by his law, but we're to make them known to our children. Then he says that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their father's a stubborn and a rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. That was the problem. They had parents who were a stubborn and rebellious generation who didn't set their hearts. As for me and my house will serve the Lord. Verse 9, the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. There are too many Christians when they're faced with the world around them. Things get tough. People question their faith. They know the Bible. They've memorized verses. They know right and wrong, but when they're called to stand, well, I'll just be quiet. They turn back in the day of battle. God give us moms and dads who will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Dear God, deal with us today, I pray. Lord, I pray you deal with homes. First of all, Lord, I pray for individuals. If there's any here that don't know Christ as their Savior, may today they see their need to turn to the Son of God and be saved. I pray for moms and dads today. Would to God there'd be some moms and dads, some husbands and wives who would come and say, Dear God, help us to put you first. Today, we're making the decision for our home that we will serve the Lord. May some young people make that decision in their own lives. As for me, I will serve the Lord. God, have your way in every heart. Save the lost, we pray. And may God's people have that kind of dedication to you, I ask. In Jesus' name.